Warning, the content in this podcast contains some explicit language which may be offensive to some listeners and may be inappropriate for children. Therefore, the content in this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So, would you fall in love with hip-hop? Right here, what we're going to do is go back. Virtual for the first nine weeks. Well, I didn't. Well, I only knew about K 
kid, but I didn't know about the other school. Well, everybody I don't even know where I'm sending them at right now, to be honest. Because right, everybody is going to so you, you have no option at this point. Okay, but what no, about when you go? Some people are doing 100% virtual for the entire school year. Wow. Once you filled out. Well, kid, it depends on what you Well, I'm saying out. parents. I'm not talking about that, but some parents are choosing the option just to keep their kids home altogether. What I'm saying is that, okay, if it's virtual, then yes, they got to be home, but when they open the doors, my kids will probably be at school, is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, my son's school is a little different. Uh, my son's school is actually starting in person, but it's a large enough school with a small enough amount of students. And so they're able to do that, them actually being at school. But that's only because, and there's a couple of conversations we can have here tonight about that, is that the school is large enough and the student numbers are low enough. Um, I, I want to enjoy my senior year at school, which I don't blame her for that. So when she said that, I told her, yeah, you can go back to school. Um, so she's going back to school. Um, they have pushed back her start date. Um, they haven't really said whether or not they're going to go um, virtual up until a certain point. They just push back when they start school and she has to wear masks. So um, we're getting creative with masks. I've bought her a couple. I'm going to buy her some more. I'm going to just put stuff on a mask. You know, she has actually been working all summer. So, I mean, she kind of knows the precautions to take and how to work through all of that. Um, so she'll be okay, um, I think. Like I said, I'm just, um, and then um, I'm happy to rearrange legends um his his schooling because he was on a transfer well since everybody's decreasing their number of kids in schools his transfer got denied this year so um i don't want him in the district that we live in uh, we live in oklahoma city district as a reason why he's on the transfer i don't want him in oklahoma city school so um i have been trying to work out where either he's going to be all all virtual all summer with all school year which is going to be i'm like you dante i'm not a, i'm not a teacher um also my job is really kind of hard for me to balance especially when i'm at home teaching him because that whole virtual thing at the beginning of the year at the, at the end of the year was a disaster um and then trying to figure out how to give him everything he needs because he's just in second grade so <laughs> Um, he's been in summer school, though. Um, he did go on campus for summer school, uh, which has worked for him really well. He wears his mask. He's got several masks as well. He keeps his on all day. Um, we have a routine when he gets home. He takes everything off. He's immediately in the shower. We sanitize his hands when he gets in the car kind of thing. So educate your kids um, because I'm, that's my battle. So, um, but I also understand the need to try to keep your kids safe and not want them out in this world as it is right now. So um, I think it's just like I said, the anxiety for a lot of people is probably very high. Very. That's actually one of the first mental health conditions that I have that I wanted to read tonight uh, because I feel like we're all dealing with a little bit of general anxiety about everything that is happening. And I am an educator. So just imagine that. So not on the side of being a parent, I am also an educator who will be back in the classroom. Uh, but the first nine weeks, of course, will be virtual. But it's it, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, and I, and I will say one thing, I, and I'm pretty sure it will be different this school year. But one thing, one of my complaints about the virtual thing was um, I did go 
it would be times like where my son would have like a slot say from nine to ten o'clock and he would get on at nine o'clock and be done by nine fifteen. And I'm like, Okay, what happened to the other forty five minutes? And he was like, Oh, she said we can get off we were ended early this, this and that. So that's my only concern. You know, I don't feel like they're getting the education fully that they need. Well, it really just depends on the teacher. But that was like one of my major concerns. Like, how are you done in fifteen minutes? Because now I got to try to figure out this other 45 minutes to have you work on something because I want you working for an hour or whatever. But but like I said, I mean, thankfully, like with my job, I, you know, they are open. Like if you do have kids that are going virtual, they said you can stay home at work, you know, if, if that's what you choose to do. So I am fortunate, but it is a lot of parents that are not fortunate to be able to stay mm -hmm. home with their kids that are kids are doing virtual. So that means that I have to leave and go to work and that, then I have to trust my kids to sit at this computer. Like, how do you control that or regulate that? I mean, I guess people just gonna have to work, I mean, figure out a way because, you know, my job is kind of, I am working from home now, but they're not as flexible usually anyway. Right. I was just going to make sacrifices because Jaden has asthma really bad. And I don't, she don't even keep her mask on when we go to the grocery store. I'll twirl in a girl and I cannot trust her. Like, I cannot trust her to go to school because... Jaden, I used to say, if anybody sneezed in the room with Jaden, she was sick. And I'd rather have her, her, and me figure it out some kind of way, because I'm not the teacher, but I'm the one that, I'm that mama that, you know, they be having on Facebook where she always yelling at what? Equal <laughs> <laughs> <Eagle> what? <laughs> you, can you read it Right now, 
I flipped that on y'all because y'all usually ask me the questions, but I'm flipping it. I woke up this morning and I realized that I've been in a funk. And I think just the pandemic period has put me in like a complete funk. Like I don't get up and get dressed past the week because I don't have to. Unless right. I have to get up and go and do something with work, I'm just not like getting up every day and getting dressed. Um, the kids are here 95% of the time, except when my daughter has to go to work, which I'm not really used to. I'm used to being the mama who's up. If we get up at 6 o'clock every morning, we probably don't get home some more, some days till 9 o'clock. So I was telling somebody today, I don't feel productive. Like, I feel like I'm not. Um, at first, it was kind of fun because I was like, oh, I got all this time. I can do all this stuff, right? And then I'm Working like, damn, you something else? It's sucking for me. Like, I, I, I'm struggling. And have that feeling of not feeling productive. Because I've actually enjoyed the pandemic because I am able to be here with my kids every day. And they actually like the fact that I'm here with them every day. So I actually feel good about it. I've, I've been able to accomplish some, you know, a couple goals or whatever that I have planned and stuff like that. So I'm actually enjoying it. Now, the only thing, like, my brother calls me sometimes, and he'll call me FaceTime, and he'll be like, there you go, looking like quarantine again today. Because I was, <laughs> I don't always get dressed. So that's why yesterday, when, you know, we planned to go out, it was like, I'm excited. Like, that's why I text out, like, I'm super excited, because I get to get dressed, I get to do my hair, put on some makeup, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, I get it. But as far as your question be, the anxiety that's around me, for me is, I'm battling with the whole, do I need to go battling with, am I a bad parent because I want to send my kids to school versus going virtual because of the fact that I know that I'm not the best teacher for them here at home. That's what I struggle with. But it's like, am I being selfish because I'm, I, I want to send my kids out so that the teacher could teach them? Versus you're, listening, you're living in your truth. If you're not, you know, you know, if if every parent was an educator, then what would teach? What would why would teachers have a job? Then everybody's kid would just stay at home. We all have our gifts, and I think the biggest part of dealing with your stress is going to be living in your truth. You know, I'm not an educator. I'm not sure, and and then but then again, uh, I would like to say that mom, we have like superpower. Parents, we have a superpower when it comes to our children. You know, but and we can do things that we don't think we can do, but I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm an educator and I'm sending mine to school. So there is no shame or what you have to do what's best for you. You have to do what's best for your couple of notes and I'm going to see what she has to say and then we'll, Shamika has to say and then we'll, I got, I made some notes. Um, I don't know if really, if I thank God that I haven't had like too much like anxiety at this point because I am enjoying like Dante, you know, being home with the kids. I think the only thing where I started having like really bad anxiety when I thought that I was going to have to send Javion away with everything going on as far as, you know, just the whole, the racial thing, you know what I'm saying? With the police, exactly. there's everything as far as that's going on in the world, plus the pandemic. And he hasn't been away from me for like maybe no more than three days in his entire life. So, girl, like, my anxiety was like, you know, I couldn't understand why I just kept on having moments where, girl, I'd be just sitting on the phone. I'm like, I am emotional. You know, I couldn't figure it out. Why? I'm like, my my emotions is all over the place. I don't know. You know, I didn't think because I'm like, the pandemic hasn't been so bad. It seemed like I've saved money. You know, I've got to do things at the house where, you know, I hadn't been doing, like, you know, house repairs, garden, you know, I, which has kind of eased my mind a whole lot. 
But girl, the whole thing just happened to send him away with the school, like a weight lifted up off my back. I was like, it was just crazy. Getting a message from the CDC. <laughs> so, so, so B, I know that you have, I know you took some notes, but from what we're describing, like what are some signs of, because like she said, she, you know, talked about anxiety or feeling like she's, she's not productive. Like what are some signs of like depression or like getting into like a deeper phase? All right, so you ready? I, I'm gonna keep it keep it technical. I went ahead and looked up some things, and I just wanted to make sure. And these are some things that I know that I've been experiencing. Maybe you have it. So let's go ahead and get technical. And if you're listening or watching, uh, we'll give you a second to go grab a pen and paper, and we'll just kind of talk through these things. You ladies have already thought up some things, but I want to just read it so I don't mess it up. Uh, the coronavirus is just stressful for everyone. Fear and anxiety about a new disease and what can happen can be overwhelming. And it causes so some of the things that you may be experiencing right now are maybe you've had changes in your sleep and eating pattern. You guys mentioned the kids eating up all the food. Did you ever think that your children are maybe eating more food because they're stressed? That may be an internal um, action of stress. Now, my 14-year-old, he eats up everything because he eats up everything. But when it first started, I believe there was a little bit of stress eating because my bills were ridiculous. Um, maybe uh, having difficulty sleeping and or concentrating, maybe it's hard to work. Uh, maybe you, some days you're productive, maybe some days you're not. And it could be because of the stress. Uh, worsening of chronic health problems. Now, this is a biggie for me because if we know that COVID affects if you have an underlying condition that makes you more susceptible to getting COVID because, or if you get it, it's going to take you out. I recently lost my grandfather. My grandfather was a healthy, for the most part, healthy 87-year-old man. He had a couple of underlying health conditions, and COVID affected those organs. And working of mental health conditions, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that with me because I know that some of you follow my post, and at the very beginning of COVID, um, I experienced a worsening of my mental health condition. Um, increased use of tobacco, alcohol, and substance abuse. Now, in one of my mommy groups, it was said that all of us going to have to go to rehab after COVID because we've been drinking every day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those are just some of the big ones. So some of the stress is from fear and worry about your own health, the health of your loved one, your financial situation or a job, Lots of support services that you rely on. But the biggest ones that we see are changes in your sleeping and eating patterns, difficulty sleeping or concentrating, worsening of chronic health conditions, worsening of mental health conditions, and then we're seeing a rise in people using tobacco and alcohol. Yeah, um, I haven't, like, increased in, like, um, any of, like, like substances or anything like that. Like that hasn't been an issue pressure. And I always talk about that out loud because I know that there's something that exists within me. And so like, um, I, I, like I said, I have found myself just like laying around, like not getting dressed. Like I've lost the interest. Like we were at first at the very beginning, we were riding bikes all the time and getting out all the time. And I still, you know, I enjoy being with the kids. That's not the issue. I just started feeling like something's not right, you know? And, like, I've always been able to tell y'all, you know, I can point out when something ain't right with me. Like, I know I'm falling into this, like, dark circle. I don't really have anything that's triggering it, like, that I can point to per se. 
But like, even just the idea of like, okay, I'm at the store. Oh my gosh, where's my mask? Oh, I forgot my mask at home. Like, <laughs> I that is that like getting into a whole like spaz. Like, oh, I left my mask at home. Okay, I really needed to come to the store. So now I have to drop all the way back home and get my mask and then come back to the store. Like, all of that is just stressful. Like, it's just a lot. And, you know, like I was telling them before, like when we first started, like and having to try to go to the grocery store, that was anxiety. Like, and I'm a germaphobe. I know this is probably a huge problem. I know it's not all COVID, but I'm just such a germaphobe already anyway. So it probably makes it even worse. And it's not even like for people necessarily seasoning and coughing, but I feel like even with the social distancing, everybody don't know social distancing. Everybody don't know their personal space. So even they got these signs everywhere on the floor, and I'm thinking, like, why are you standing so close to me right now? You know? <laughs> like, ma'am, move over. Like, but as far as, I don't know. I've noticed, like, my sleep patterns are different, I feel. And, okay. it, and it's not even necessarily related to this, but it may be. I, I, it, it's very well possible that it is because my daughter, she works, you know, like a pretty side or whatever. And so, you know, you just kind of worry about, because I know that I don't really go anywhere. And so you do kind of worry about, you know, hoping that your child doesn't get in and doesn't bring it into the home, you know, and things like that. So, I mean, I can, I mean, I can understand that. But as far as me not wanting to get up and do anything, like I'm still like active and want to get up and do stuff, but okay. I have noticed my sleep has been interrupted. So it affects us all different. Right. Um, I'm okay. like, I don't know how that is. <laughs> It wouldn't be I'm me like, if your phone went down. Did we get a butt shot? If that's not my fault, I would say it. You heard me? She said, did we get a butt shot? No. <laughs> <laughs> did we get a butt shot? Little peep, little peep. Little I was going to say, I'm like Capri, uh, my worsening was in my sleep patterns where some days, and not even so much sleep, where some days I would just sit there. And I like, I, I, I posted about it one day. I'm like, okay, I'm on the third day just sitting here. I've got to figure out what's going on with me. Um, and so you got to find a way to get out of that bucket. So one of the things that we do now with better and sometimes it's okay just to sit there. I want to say that too. Uh, but if you see that it's been an extended amount of time and you're not getting our mental and physical and everything about us, our houses, our homes have been turned upside down. You looking at your man, like, you know, and your kids or whoever you live with, you looking at them a lot more than you was looking at them before, but you like, dang, you still here. So, you know, it's like <laughs> things have changed. There's no, there's, you know, Parts that you have private, you don't have anymore. And I think we just need to give some respect about how that will affect our mental health, whether it makes you a little bit more irritable. Um, I'm a germaphobe as well. When when COVID first started, I thought my husband was going to, like, I don't know what he was going to do. He was just like, I can't deal. Because I was wiping stuff, like, every five seconds. He would move, and I'd And this is in our house. And so I'm spraying packages, leaving them outside. I'm like, they ain't been outside four hours yet, you know. So it, it affects everyone differently. And so, but we do have to respect, and I had to respect COVID and respect the stress that it puts on me and find ways to take care of myself. Just a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I've actually gotten up and I'll work out a little bit more. Um, okay. It's harder for me too, because I'm used to going to the gym. 
And so yeah. I'm still not comfortable with going to the gym. Like I've always told you, like, I, I say, I feel like the gym is a, a petri dish. I'm not going to the gym for a while. You are a germaphobe, and it is a petri dish. It's, 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 it's just like a petri dish at the school, Capri. I, I know I'm going to the gym six days out of the week kind of routine, and I got so sick. And so um, that was a couple of years ago. So I always just think like when you started, they start talking about COVID and it being uh, on people and people, because people go to the gym and they run out sick. And so I was just like, oh, I'm not going to the gym. So I haven't been to the gym. So I've had to get creative with outdoor um, workouts. Yeah. Uh, walk in the neighborhood. There's a neighborhood I walk in a lot that's really peaceful that I really like. Um, but just being consistent with that kind of thing. Um, on days that it rains, though, it's kind of hard. Like, I'm like, I can't go off my neighborhood. <laughs> my, uh, and I understand that because remember, I, I texted y'all recently and said I had some anxieties about going back to the gym. Well, one of the gyms that I go to is only about maybe three or people in there max or whatever. So I'm like, I went in there and I'm like, I can do this. But I've always been a germaphobe when it comes to the gym anyways, because I don't like other people's germs. So I've always wiped down the machines very well and all of that stuff. And so really my routine hasn't changed. But I mean, and then I went to like a couple of gyms, you know, I'm kind of like easing my way back into it, you know, whatever. But I, I think that I don't know. Me personally, I don't. I think that we need to be aware of the disease, but I don't think that we need to allow it to like completely take over our mental. And I know that's what it's doing to a lot of people, but I feel like we need to really try to find a way to, you know, control that. Find some type of yeah. Otherwise, everybody will go crazy if you don't find some type of at least a medium. Right. Right. So, like I said, for me going back to the gym, I I, I haven't been to the gym in months, and I have like a lot of reservations about it. I told them like, you know, I want to go to the gym really bad, but I'm I'm scared to go to the gym, you know, because they say it's like a breeding ground for germs, and I get that, you know. And so, like I said, when I went. Um, and it was crazy because I, I talk about social distancing and it was this lady that got on the machine right next to me. Bam. There are plenty of other machines. Why would you get on this machine next to me? So I got off the machine. <laughs> it was <on> the machine. <laughs> you know, like people six feet, a machine in between us or something. Like ma'am. But 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 all I'm saying is that be, like like Mika said, we have to find a medium and not allow it to like completely control us and take over our mental and our lives, I feel. Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. We survived. We survived all the trauma that we went through in our lives, so why can't we survive this? Exactly. This two show pass. It may not seem like it, but the mentality of this two show pass, yes. And when it passes, it's the people that still want to stay away from me. Just give me six feet. Um, <laughs> give, me, give me six feet, please. Deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. But it, it'll pass. Right. So so speaking of mental health, have y'all been following like Kanye West and what's been going on with him? Of course. I have yes. it though. So so give me the backstory of what's going on right now. Once again, the backstory. Um, Kanye West has been diagnosed with bipolar. Um, he's openly admitted to being diagnosed with bipolar and is stating that he refuses to take medication, won't take medication for it. Um, currently, he's running for president under a party called the Birthday Party. 
And I don't know if you got approved to be, is, is he actually in the run or he didn't make it in time? Which one is it? Like, he's on some ballots. Like, he's paid additional to be on some ballots, but is he actually? He's still on some ballots. Okay, he's still on some. Okay. So, so I'll read the definition and then we can discuss further for those that are okay. listening. I'll, I'll read the definition of bipolar disorder. So, Bipolar disorder was formerly called manic depression. Um, it's a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional highs, we call that mania or hypomania, or and lows, which is depression. And so we've kind of seen that with Kanye, um, you know, with the highs, the lows, even in the last speech he gave, he actually were having highs and lows in those, in those moments uh, during that speech. And so bipolar disorder, uh, manic depression, uh, it, it, we see it, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm willing to hear your commentary and offer any, um, I, before we speak, I would just like to file a stigma of it because I see people saying he needs to sit down somewhere. Okay. He don't realize he needs to sit down somewhere. This is a mental health condition that really does need uh, that needs attention, and someone just shared he's, he's running for president. Uh, anybody concerned yet? Well, here's the thing. Um, first, let me let me say how I feel about it because I did. I made a post about it, and I said that Kanye is a is what happens in the black community when we don't take on the idea of understanding that mental health is real, and that people have genuine mental health that really truly needs to be not only diagnosed but treated and in an every single day kind of battle he's not by himself he's just literally on a he's just a famous person who's on a platform who everybody gets to see and so everybody now gets to see kanye in these ups and downs and all the traumas like i watched it at one point and he started crying about his dad in the trauma, that's trauma. That's that's literally trauma that he's feeling out about how his dad wasn't there and how his daddy should have been there. And the only thing that what, what is occurring is you're seeing his mental health go up and down, up and down, up and down in his speech. But it's true trauma that he's dealing with as he's going through this speech. Okay. And so um, I think a lot of times we as a community fail to recognize some of that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of us have trauma that we have unresolved, that we haven't actually dealt with, that we haven't touched, that we don't talk about, that we pretend like it doesn't exist. We're talking about, in the news, we're talking about 400 years of trauma. So how dare we not exactly. have any compassion for someone else? So I'm with you. So, so that's the thing about, like, our people, though. Like, we're so quick to, like jump on like 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 she said he needs to sit down somewhere but like you said maybe he don't realize that he needs to sit down then i actually feel sorry for like the people in the media like um tamar braxton you know whatever she's dealing with oh man and nick cannon you know whatever he's dealing with and going through like like just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you don't have feelings in your you don't have a heart and I, my heart goes out to those people because at the end of the day, we are human and we do have our own traumas and issues that we deal with. I have my own traumas and shit that I deal with. I know that I need counseling. I know that. And it's crazy because I've talked to 
certain family members about it. And they like, you don't need to go to no counselor. You don't need to see that. Da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah, I do. I have some childhood stuff that I got to deal with. But that's the thing. Like, we need to recognize our traumas, our issues, where they come from, and tackle them and deal with them. And it's really hard to also deal with or recognize traumas. I've had to tell people, like, therapy is not somebody telling you what you need to do. It's helping you understand your traumas, your triggers, and what you, how you can recognize when you're spiraling down and becoming, and you need to, and what you can do to help yourself come up out of it. If you have a really good therapist, and I've said this, I just recently told somebody this, if you have a really good therapist that they ask you questions that make you identify things that you yourself went through in your life that might have triggered where you're at or what's going on in your life, and then they give you coping mechanisms to help you understand which is why I can always stop and say, I know when I'm getting depressed. I know I need to get up. I know I need to go running because I know that that's a mechanism that helps me. It's not going to stop me from ever getting depressed, but it will help me maintain so that I'm not stuck in my room and can't deal with my kids and can't go to work and, okay. and to the point that I want to kill myself kind of scenario. And so I think that a lot of times the fear of therapy is people think, well, I, I don't need nobody telling me how to run my life and therapy's not telling you how to run your life it's I agree. how to manage your life i agree with you things that work and that work out of your life and when i went that's what i learned so i agree, I agree because I, I can't say i mean i didn't go to counseling a lot i went to a couple of sessions or whatever but i can't say that in those couple of sessions she did help me to understand why i am the way i am and and that's the thing like you said they don't tell you what to do but they help you recognize okay this is why i am the way i am this is why I think the way I think. Like they, I mean, it's helpful. Right. right. My therapy makes me want to punch her in the face. Like, she be hitting me with some stuff. I'd be like, this helpful. You know, but like you said, it tells you, oh, B, you're being an enabler. You're being an enabler. You're sitting here telling me about what somebody did to you, but why are you allowing it in the first place? And so I love it. I like what Capri said, how it tells you how to help yourself. Nobody has all the answers for you. Uh, but I love it when I go and I want to punch her in the face because she not hit me in the face with some stuff, you know, that I need to deal with because only I know what my body needs. I know when I need to get up. I know when I need to exercise. I know when I'm not eating the right food. I know when I'm not surrounding myself around the real people. My cutoff game is strong. Hey, if you're not good for my mental health, I'm not saying you're bad as a person, but I have to do what I have to do for my mental health to be the best mom to be the best educator to be the best speaker to be the best whatever it is i'm doing i've got to take care of me inside and out and therapy is just one vehicle your psychiatrist um and uh kanye probably probably a psychiatrist and a therapist and the medications do make you not feel like yourself they do take away your unction you got to understand that mental illness is a chemical imbalance in the brain so when you take those Medicine sometimes they can cause you not to want to get up. I I shared my journey very openly about medication and how it made me feel, um, and, and, and cleaning myself off and finding natural um, aids that will help my body. You know, we but we'll take a blood pressure pill, we'll take insulin, we'll take every medicine out there that we have that have been known to cause cancer and kill us. But for some reason, when it comes to mental health conditions, 
then we have an issue taking the medicine. Like I said, you take it. If it doesn't work for you, that's why you go to the therapist and the counseling. Tell them how you're feeling. Maybe change it up. For me, I have a regimen that works for me. And I just believe Kanye, y'all y'all probably go, I know this is on y'all podcast, but I feel like Kanye is going to be what we need in our community as a beacon for mental health for black men. Black men do have to like, and that's another thing. And so what it's going to take is community. Like uh, what you guys said, Dante Capri, it's going to take people less stigma, more caring, less judging, more caring. I share a post about mental health all the time. Cricket. But when we're mad about something, but when we want to judge, I got 500 comments. I need some comments on this mental health and how we can learn more about it. Look it up. Look up the definition. See what it is. If you look up bipolar, that's Kanye all day long. And I didn't give you the diagnosis. Free shared that with us. I just looked up the definition. We need to respect it and understand when people need help. How are we going to come to his aid? If we if we see that he's mentally ill, it's been shared that he's mentally ill. What are we going to do as a community to come to his aid? And I get sick of people saying, he rich, he got all this money. Excuse me. Suicide, depression, it don't care about how much money you make. Have we not caught on yet? Tamar, it doesn't matter. You can get your life all you want. But when are we going to understand it does not discriminate? We can't even put a race on it. Right. Can you explain the difference between therapists and um, psychiatrists? Because I actually thought they were the same. There's a difference. Um, So you know me. I like to be very, very technical because there may be people that are listening that maybe have never been to a therapist. Now, I can tell you, one of you guys want to share uh, your therapy experience, and I'm going to look up both definitions, and we'll have it for your audience. I will, because I've actually, okay. I've been to therapy on a few different occasions. So I've been to therapy like maybe six to eight weeks at a time, and I probably, I think I've went twice. And therapy is more like, I would say just kind of go in. I think I did a lot of talking. They may ask questions, or they may give you worksheets, or you may work, watch videos of like meditate or different things, I think, you know, were something I think on a day-to-day basis, we had some type of different thing that we may have tackled to kind of determine certain issues that you may be dealing with. So it just kind of, and I was in a group therapy also. So I guess it wasn't, I, I've never been, to, well, no, I took my son to a personal therapist. But so I've actually, well, the two times that I went though, I was more in a group setting, like therapy class, which, I mean, it helped me because you. some people think like, you know, I guess when you really don't know how people are really like, you don't know how, like you sit and listen to other people's stories and you be like, now, you know, people got some real issues that should be discussed. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'd be glad, like, you'd be like, that is like really, really crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I'd be thinking, I guess, you know, one person's because I, you, you don't want to tell your story because I promise you, I was in a therapy class for, I won't say embarrassed in my therapy class, but I never wanted to discuss the fact that my husband was like incarcerated. So I shunned away from that like forever and ever and ever and ever in this therapy class, which had a lot of the reason, the reason I was in therapy, because I had kind of went through a depression after he got locked up, but I never discussed it. Like the whole time until the last two weeks, and they was like, oh, why are you just never bringing this up? You know, because I was like in a whole little funk behind that thing for like a minute, you know what I'm saying? Girl, and I was like, I need to go, you know, somewhere and kind of discuss it. You know, I need to kind of talk about it or whatever, but. It, it was, you know, I guess therapy helped a lot, though, you know, especially being able to talk to other people in the class and, you know, nobody's biased on the situation, you know, nobody judging, you know, 
but I don't know. It was, it was comforting to me. How did you feel after you got it out? So you've been holding this in the whole time about your husband. And then once you got in the session, you let it out. How you feel? Girl, I think I cried the whole, you know, I think I had everybody in the class. We all like, <laughs> but I felt better. You know, I felt like a weight lifted. Cause I don't know why I was, cause I'm not really, I'm, to me, I've never been that type of person that really cared about somebody, what they thought about me. Like, people with people thought so it was different for me you know at first like why would I even care what they think you know what I'm saying I know but for some reason I could not shake the fact that I really didn't care for people to know like you know if you knew you knew but I just wouldn't tell nobody like he's incarcerated I don't know but mm -hmm. I thought too, it definitely was like a cold weight lifted up off my shoulders you know where I could talk about it more Good. Okay. I mean, talking about it more probably helps out a lot. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just holding it in. Look, I got tears coming out, but it's, it's happy tears. So, um, what a clinical therapist is, where you were, you were probably in a group therapy session. I love group therapy. Group therapy is where I got my healing. You read my book. Um, I was just like you. I was in a group therapy looking at the people like, being here telling all my business because my, my mama raised me. What happened is that stay in this house and so I was not going to sit in front of these people and tell them my life but once I did it did change and so when we talk about a clinical therapist they're a specific type of counselor so Capri is correct they don't tell you what to do they're a counselor they counsel you they work with patients to help identify examine and treat mental health and emotional issues or disorders so they're kind of like a they're like an ally. Has any one of you ever seen a clinical uh, psychiatrist? Um, I've never seen a clinical psychiatrist. I was um, I was placed on medication, but my primary care physician did that for me. So I've never seen a psychiatrist. How did you How did you feel about your uh, general practitioner giving you medicine for depression? I was just fine with it because, um, okay, so I absolutely loved my general practitioner. Okay. Um, and she was very familiar with me, very familiar with the things that I had going on. Um, unfortunately, I can't go to her anymore. I wish I could, but she was just very personable. Like, for time, I mean, any time that I ever came in, like, we ran down my, I mean, we talked about my job. We talked about the stress of my, my life. We talked about... Um, general health and things like that. So it didn't bother me that she prescribed that medication to me because she was very familiar with it. Um, I think she probably would have been better with it because she knew, um, I, I, I mean, I have like um, migraines, headaches, things like that. So she knew um, a regimen or a medication that would work really well for me um, at the time that would, you know, also help with my headaches and things like that. So she worked really, I, I don't know, I loved it. Um, I don't know that I would have wanted to go to somebody else. Um, just because, I, I, like I said, going to her, I just was really comfortable. And just when I told her everything, I mean, I, I think I probably cried the day that she, that she died. She gave me my medication. And she was like, it's okay. I understand you got a stressful job. You're here for a reason. I understand. You know, we've talked about your job and things like that. So it was more personable uh, in that space for me. So I love it. I love it. That's actually a good scenario. You want to be with someone that knows you, knows how your body works, because that's what we're, when we see people with mental health conditions that may spiral out of control, you may have a general doctor over here prescribing something. You may have a psychiatrist prescribing.
describing something and then those two things may not even go together so actually that is a great scenario that you bring up i just i just wanted to know your feelings about that because you know that what is actually had in a clinical psychiatrist she came into the therapy class so i guess she was a psychiatrist and she prescribed the medication at the okay. okay so i did have some medications have to be prescribed by a psychiatrist exactly okay so when we talk about a psychiatrist, they're dealing more with serious health conditions. So uh, that makes sense. So maybe you're dealing with a little bit of general anxiety, uh, anxiety disorder, something like that. Then you have your doctor but or your therapist. Then when you, if you're like ADHD, just more uh, major depressive MDD. So I suffer from major depressive disorder. So I had a situation where my psychiatrist and my general practitioner um, had to work together on what to give me to make sure that they weren't, you know, the medication put together. So um, is that a raspberry? Here it is. Here's the clinical psychologist. Psychologist pull up. I want the definition though. Why you're looking right. up? That's 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 a hereditary, right? Yeah, that can run in your family. So after doing the history, um, like I said, once again, if you've read my book, I found out I was a stepchild. Um, but not a stepchild. My dad is the best. I will say that on this live. My dad. But my paternal father also suffered from mental health conditions. And that's where um, you have to get a history of your family. So when I was first being sick and I was going to the doctor, they were asking me, have you ever had this, 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 this? Has anybody in your family ever had this, 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 this? Well, guess what? In my family, because you know what happens in this house stays in this house, and we just don't talk about things like that. And I don't know if, raise your hand, if you ever had one family member that used to be up in the attic or another room that only came down if they came down on holidays. Shut up. I did. I I had an aunt that she just stayed in her room. I didn't see her for years. She just stayed in her room. And then I don't know what happened, but she's found the normal now. Maybe she got treatment. Maybe she got uh, she got help. Um, that is not okay. Well, it says the APA defines clinical psychology. So psychologists they provide continuing and comprehensive mental health care for people with families, uh, and they they deal with more major health conditions. So that's just the, in a nutshell. Psychologists is when you're maybe dealing with. Um, Bipolar disorder, uh, personality. Uh, per we have a lot of uh, black women and men walking around with personality disorder. You just thought they lied all the time. There are some people walking around with mental health conditions that really do need, um, really do need just probably some medication, some therapy, uh, probably just the treatment plan that will get them back on track. Maybe they've been through trauma. Maybe some people are dealing with general anxiety. People with anxiety and coronavirus. And social distancing, this is this is really making their conditions worse right now. Making so, it worse. So there's actually a disorder, a personality disorder? Yes, there yes. is. Let me get the definition for you. I say like, I deal with um, I mean, just in my job, I deal with a lot of mental health disorders. And okay. sometimes it's really hard for people to even admit that that's something that's going on. Um like you said, people need to like they need to get somewhere and sit down. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? They don't even realize it's wrong. I've That's had cases where I've had cases where the kids 
didn't realize it was something wrong because it's the norm. It's what's going on in their home. It's what's happening and occurring in their household. So they have no, that is normal. It's not, they don't, they, that's them. What if you're an undiagnosed child with ADHD and you can't sit still? You're, you're not on medication. You're not on therapies. Maybe you're not on, I know some kids that take a special diet uh, for their ADHD and it has changed, changed their whole world, but that's because they get to go to the doctor, they get to get diagnosed and they get to find out what works for them. So listen to this. This is a personality disorder. You might know someone. A personality disorder is a type of mental disorder in which you have a rigid and unhealthy pattern of thinking, functioning, and behaving. A person with a personality disorder has trouble perceiving and relating to situations and people. There's probably a lot of people out there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people you know that, that, that got their disorder. They just gave you three specific types. So we have borderline personality disorder. These are the emotional ones and impulsive ones where they just kind of do something on the fly. Um, histrionic personality disorder. And what I see a lot of um, in social media, it is an epidemic. Narcissistic personality disorder. Caprice, I think I'm president. But it ain't Our president is a narcissist. Our president is very much a narcissist. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care how nobody. I, you cannot tell me that, that man operates just like a narcissist. Um, and in everything that he does. And, you know, when people get upset when, you know, if truth try to have a conversation and say, he doesn't realize he just did that or said that. He's not, he, he has no accountability. If you have a personality disorder, you have no accountability. You don't see anything wrong with your behavior. It, it's normal to you. Now, my concern is uh, when people see personality disorder behavior and think it's okay. You, you feel when people see it and think it's okay, you mean like from the yeah. outside looking in? I actually saw under, and I love Kanye West. I think he's a musical genius. I think he's he's amazing. I actually saw the video, I actually saw the video and I had someone share it and say, I don't see anything wrong with anything he said in that video. So the first thing my concern went was to the person that said that. I have no problem with you not feeling like there was nothing wrong with anything that just happened here. Exactly. That is uh, cognitive dissonance. It makes no sense. I think a lot of times also, because what I got under my post was a guy that said he feels like so many women bash men. And I think people are afraid of the truth when it comes to certain things because what we're battling now is this mindset of um, us not being able to be a team. That is us against you. It's, a, it's us against them. So you can't really point out something. So when you start to point out things that you're being negative versus saying, no, I really genuinely see that this man needs help and he needs to be a, around a team of people who need to be, who, who are willing to help him. But, and I had to break that down to, to that guy. Like, no, I'm, I, I always speak positivity, positivity to black men, but I also need black men to understand this, that mental health and mental health diagnosis and things like that are normal and they need to be addressed because we have to talk about them. I know that we can't that. In the 
brain, just like high blood pressure, is the chemical imbalance in your brain, and it needs to be adjusted or treated. That's if true. Trauma, then you need therapy because you need there's a therapeutic way to deal with that. When you have a chemical imbalance in your brain and you're behaving in ways that go against how your brain should work, come on now, it's yeah, not going to fight. Right. And I think we all deal with it, but I think that the problem with the black men is that they're taught to be strong, be strong, be strong, be strong, be strong. You don't break down, you don't talk about it. And I think that's the problem is that we don't, I mean, and I'm not just saying just black men, but I'm just saying the black community in general is just, we just don't talk about it enough. It's we don't, we don't normalize it. It's, it to me, to be honest, it's normalized in the white community, but it's not oh, normalized they go to therapy, they on medication, they are, I mean, all of that. But see, here's the other part. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and it's, it's genuinely, um, I think, hurtful that we've been taught this way, but I understand why we've been taught this way. But we've been taught that you work harder, you don't have time to stop, you don't have time to rest, you don't have time to, to have to throw a fit, you don't have time to do that because this world doesn't love you. You have to work three times harder just to be seen and you got to be four times harder just to just to, for somebody to give you a promotion. And I, and I understand why we've been taught that way, uh, because we are in a world that and I don't think that people even, you know, our, our white counterparts understand that when we walk into a situation where automatically perceived as, as aggressive, we have to. We have to almost dumb ourselves down sometimes just to kind of fit in or to, you know, you're almost kind of stepping outside of who you are just to fit in and just to be okay, just for them to be okay with you. You have to rearrange how you speak, how you talk, who you are on a regular basis, which I think can be very stressful, period. Just that's trauma by itself. Like if I can't walk in a room and genuinely be who I am, then that's, a, and I'm living that every day, day after day, day after day, just to try to, just to live in the world. And like I said, I understand that's why, we, why we've been taught that, but we've been taught that. Um, you don't cry. You can't cry. It's time to change. You got it. Like it's time to change. Just like we're fighting for, we're fighting against injustices in the world. We're fighting against the trauma that has, uh, our bodies, we're just walking, we're just walking traumas. And it's time to get free. I believe we're in a paradigm of change. And while we're looking at racial injustice and we're looking at bigotry and bias and we're looking at all the laws that have been made, we need to start, let's just get everything out on the table. Let's start dealing with our mental health. Let's talk about it. Let's be about it. Let's support it. Let's, let, we might as well get all the way free. I'm ready to get all the way free. Exactly. I'm ready to walk into the office. How can you truly be yourself it, what what are we dumbing ourselves down? We aggressive because we've been peeing up, and we're not even aggressive. I just think when somebody's been peeing for so long, when you finally let them out, they're just like, blah! But it's like, see me, hear me. I matter. And and so I, I I think that's what it is. You know, one of my one of my non-black friends asked me the other day, what do, what can I do to be an ally? What can I do? I, 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 I You know, I said, so we don't have to scream. If you think we're screaming, speak with us. Speak up on it. Speak out on it. And we, but we gotta speak up on it. And we gotta speak out on it. I, 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 I love it. But when are we gonna speak up and speak out for ourselves and our mental health and our physical health? Because your mental health eventually starts to affect your physical health. 
Very much so. Now, it starts at the head, and then it moves all the way down. So if you don't take care of this, all this is messed up. And if this is already messed up, then you just messed up. But like I said, it starts at the head, and then it works its way down. So I just want us to be more um, compassionate with each other when it comes to mental health. I do a little more research when it comes to mental health. Don't be trying to diagnose people. Now, if they, if they share their diagnosis with you, that's one thing, but don't be trying to diagnose people. But if you, if you see something that's off or you see something that's not right, you see somebody not uh, doing the things that they used to do, you see maybe you have a family member withdrawing, uh, you see different things like that, then reach out. You know, our community tends to get mad when somebody don't come around. Why she ain't come around no more? She act like she don't know nobody. She act like she's too good. She might be going through a bout of depression and about to take her life. She might need somebody to say, hey, you matter. She might need somebody to call her and say, hey, girl, I think what's, what's going on? And then really take the time to listen. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. We need to do. I agree with you because that, that's one thing I enjoyed. Um, Candace, when they white, she actually had suggested a book called The Four Agreements. And I don't know if any of you have read I love that book. But one of the things in that book was like, don't take everything personal. And what you just said about how when you talked about, oh, she not coming around, she thinks she did, she thinks she did, it's because we take everything so personal. When it's, you need to even, you need to realize that it's not even about you. Like, Man. the actions of another person might not even be about you, it might be about another person. But I did want to go back to what we talked about, about the black woman, um, because it was this post that I saw on Instagram, and I screenshotted it, and it says that if you work with a black woman, it's likely she's centering herself most of the day. Everything from her hair, her attire, tone of voice, hand gestures, accent is being internally policed. Most of us don't get to be ourselves at work. And I feel like that's true. Oh, that's Most true. of us don't get to be ourselves at work because we are, I feel like we judge and we do have to be a certain way. I mean, we're even judged by our, by our, by our, by our other black people. That's even, that's, that <laughs> is even crazier because we are, we're not only judged by our white counterparts, we're also judged by other black people. Like, you know, it was times where I had to stop and say, quit calling me Erica Badu. Just don't, you know, like, I'm Capri. You know, don't, I, I, I appreciate the compliment. I get the compliment, but every time I come in with a head scarf or I come in and I'm dressed a certain way, that doesn't mean I'm trying to be Erica Badu. I'm just Capri, and this is how I dress. So normalize that. Stop, stop pointing it out every single time you see it because it's annoying. Like, you know, when you have to be that kind of person sometimes, that's a lot. You know, I don't want to have to do that every single time I go to work. You know, I don't want to be the person who has to culturally, I have to make you, I have to help white people be culturally competent and not touch my hair. But I also have to help my black, my black people understand that I'm just me. Like, I'm not trying to be extra African. Like, why is that even an issue when we're dealing with people amongst ourselves? So it is hard. Like, it's very hard. I'm tired of trying to be nobody else but yourself. Right. But you can't judge for trying to be yourself. It, even though, because I have been, I feel censored or whatever. I feel like, you know, deep down inside, I'm, I'm ratchet. You know, I feel that way. I got a real hood ratchet side on me. But I feel like I can't show that at work. I got to be professional. <laughs> okay, please don't. Huh? <laughs> please don't be ratchet at work. Y'all know I'm crazy. <laughs> There's a time for ratchetness. Exactly. Amen. No, my headphones. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I I got 
tired hearing you read that. I don't know about anybody else, but that took my energy away. Like that that quote, it, it, it just takes my energy away. Why are we not going to work making our money and going home? And 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 you just wanna be, you know, you just wanna you just wanna be, but can I tell you something I feel good about for black mental health? That with everything that's going on, when we go back to work now, it's a whole new day. It's a whole new day. It's a whole new day. And we've got to pull a hold of it and go be ourselves. Be, our, be yourself. Because I feel like this, you know, I come from a professional background in customer service and insurance and finance. And to me, the company will make more money. The companies will make more money if people come in and they're themselves. See, professionalism, it doesn't have a color. So I do expect you to be professional, but I need to be able to be Benedria. You need to be Capri. You need to be Shamika. You need to be Dante. You know, uh, sometimes I, I don't even, my nickname, it just kind of stuck B, but my nickname was kind of given to me because in corporate America, some kind of people had, was feeling some type of way about the name Benedria. Exactly. I can see that though. I can what totally see but I hate when people say that like can I call you Mika uh, no my name is sure Mika like well no. we at work I don't know you like that you don't know me I need you to call me sure Mika my name, my name is sure Mika yes. and, and learn my name that. let's start there yeah, any black woman who walks around and has don't shorten your name don't change your name make people learn your name because I'll, I'll, even all of it from the learn your name. Say it right. I'm not Caprice. I'm not Capri. I am Capri. And I'll stop a person and tell them Capri. Because you don't want you don't want me to call you Pigginworth and your name is something else. They got hard last names. So how is it that we can respect your last name? Learn your last name. You can't learn my first name. Purdue Purdue. Well, I, I don't like being called Tay or Tay Tay. Capri, I mean, Mika called me Tay. I just kind of let her do that because we've been knowing each other for a long time. But because we know each other, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a affiliation there. True. But in a workplace, don't call me Tay or Tay Tay. Please don't. No. It's Don Tay. Y'all call me Mika and nobody at work, like, like, you know what I'm saying, is going around saying Mika. I wouldn't even allow them to call me Mika, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Y'all see how that affects mental health? So that's affecting our confidence right there. We we have just talked about it. Before we even get to our affair, we can't even say our own names. We can't be bonquisha. Po bonquisha's everywhere. Po bonquisha's everywhere. Exactly. exactly. They don't even recognize how to even pronounce the name or say the girl. You know, you can't say your name. You can't wear your hair. What else can we not do? We can't even you can't, you can't sit in your, hold on, if you sit in your cubicle, but too quiet, that's a problem. <laughs> you gotta learn how to socialize, but not socialize too much, because sometimes they make, because you, you gotta learn the balance. You gotta learn the balance. <laughs> you gotta learn how to socialize, not socialize too much. You do, as a black woman, you can't go to work and sit in the corner because you got attitude. Right. So, so, so I'm in the corner working. Right. So, B, you talked about if you're able to help one person, that's enough for you. 
So I know that it's probably, you know, people out there watching that have mental health issues that don't know how to deal with it. So, like, what is your advice for people that's going through mental health, not only just, like, because of COVID, but just in general, because we deal with it just in general. What What is your advice to everybody out there as far as mental health? How to identify it, how to deal with it. So the first thing I would say is if you're feeling, you're not feeling like yourself, you're, you're isolating. What I mean by isolating, you're going out by yourself and you start to feel like, you know, you're not okay. then it's time to talk to someone, find someone you trust. Everything starts with a conversation. Uh, there are so many hotlines that you can call for. Maybe you don't have a friend or somebody you don't, you know, maybe you don't know. You can even text. So if you're a texter, you could text hello to 741-741, and uh, they'll text you back. There's a crisis hotline. There's I'm Alive. There's a, um, you call 211 in Oklahoma, and it will connect you with all of the resources. You know, if there's someone not in your life that you don't trust to talk to, then I say, or you don't have a mental health professional to speak with, uh, call one of those hotlines. Talk to a friend. Call call your cousin. Call your best friend. You know, you got to talk to somebody. Because the biggest thing with me um, that kept me sick was I was keeping it all inside. Like when, when things first started to go awry, I kept saying, okay. I should be happy by my sad, you know, and I try, I just try to fix it all myself. And so I worked harder. Um, uh, churches need to be more open and you're starting to see churches more because that was the first place I went. And the first place I got my feelings hurt because I went to the church and I told them what was going on with me and they told me I need to pray a little bit more. And so I, I would say, I'm glad to see that churches are doing better. Maybe you've got, you know, someone in your church that you can talk to. Just talk to someone. There's so much help. There's so much help available. Talk to someone and not keep it to yourself. It's okay to not be okay. Because if we all admit it at some point in our life, we haven't been okay. But we can't fix it all by ourselves. We're going to have to talk to someone. How do you feel about the free therapy um, resources that they've come out with now, B? I love it. And we've actually had some that have been around for a while. Uh, community uh, Health Centers of Oklahoma, if your income is at a certain place or you don't have any income, they'll see you like 10 times for free. You can go to the community, sales, community health centers in any state. So say you live in Texas. Community Health Centers of Texas, Community Health Centers of Oklahoma, Community Health Centers of California. Are you catching my drift? Um, health services. And so I feel great. I feel, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited that it's catching on. I'm excited that people like Taraji Hansen are putting their money where their mouth is. I'm excited that they're sharing. You're starting to see people come out and share um, their struggles and share what they're dealing with. So I'm excited that um, we're making it accessible because access to care uh, sometimes is the biggest reason people don't get help. So I'm excited about that. And I'm going to say this. I think that black men should talk to each other more about mental health. I don't think it should just be we see Kanye have a meltdown. I think there needs to be like, like Dave Chappelle got up and said, I'm going to go check on Kanye. I think Dave Chappelle should also come out with a special talking about his mental health. What did you do? Yeah. What kind of thing did you yeah, what kind of thing? Yeah, what kind of thing? I 
But I'm just saying, like, because I think a lot of black women do that. We're doing that now. You get what I'm saying? We talk about that. We do that. It's normalized amongst us a little bit more. Um, yep. But when it comes to black men, I think it's, I don't think it's enough people out here saying, look, brother, I got depression. Brother, I got anxiety. Brother, I have bipolar. This is what I did. This is how and I felt. This is what I did. And it doesn't make you weak. Like, I've had to tell um, a lot of people sometimes because we, again, sometimes as society, we put off so much onto our black men and we expect you to be, you can't cry, you go to work every day, you provide, you provide, you provide. And even when something happens, if you shut down for too long, people start to question it. And I think sometimes it's, if you've been through that, I think it's okay to start saying, look, I've been there. I've already been there. This is what I did. This is the resource I used. And this is how I, you know, how it works. We need a lot of black men to do that. Yes. Can I give you some statistics that will help you? So, black women, we are among the lowest right now in suicide. It wasn't always that way. So, I'm here to tell you that statistically, uh, we're, we're one of the lowest right now. And we weren't always the lowest. We were pretty high, uh, even when I was going through my stuff. And then when I went to Colorado and I looked at the stats, and I was like, black women are on the decline. You want to know why? Because we're talking about it, because we're sharing. And so to my black men, we love you. We need you. Okay. I already got in trouble today because I shared a meme, my LL Cool J. My husband's been in my, he been, he been on my case ever since. I love black Men, we love you. And, you know, black men carry so much. Like you said, Capri, they carry so much on top of everything else that they're dealing with in the world. So you do need to talk about your mental health. Where is Cat Williams? I I, I think a lot of them need to come out and talk about uh, their mental health conditions, whether it, you know, drug abuse, anything. I, I think it's time to have some champions that are willing to say, hey, I suffer, but I got help and brother, you can too. So I, I, I hope that's something that's emerging. Um, I, I don't know. I just had a vision of seeing Kanye West being a champion for mental health for black men. I hope uh, he can recover like that. I, I do definitely hope he can recover and, and be somebody who can stop and say, look, y'all watch me melt down. Y'all watch me fall apart. Y'all watch me. Because that would be good for, for he our Dave out. He bought Dave out. Nothing else bought Dave out. Jackie kind of dealt with his issues, and he was gone, and then he was just back. That's how I did. I went to the mental health facility. I was there for about 40 days, and then I was back. But when Kanye was in distress, he came out. He knows what it takes to get somebody to come out, and that's what he went and did. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with, look at Martin Lawrence. I mean, we all know Martin had that meltdown on the highway. I mean, they kind of brush over the conversation. Even Will Smith, I think even Will Smith has dealt with some things. And I think he would even be a good advocate for speaking up and talking about it and being um, a forefront of some of the mental health things he's dealt with. I'll just have seen him. We all just said he didn't struggle. He had some issues. You know, he went through some things. I just feel like even that, if that means was he was in trouble. Tyrese, girl, you remember Tyrese had a breakdown, meltdown at some point. You know, he's right. pretty good, you know, as far as talking. You know, I'll all of them have, like, but who is stepping up to the plate to actually help others? I don't know. I can say, here, we had we had a great guest who spoke on his own mental health, and I hope that he continues to take his mental health on a great platform. Nokio. 
did do really well in speaking to, speaking to his own mental health and some of his own mental health issues and the things that he's had. But even in our in our community, let's bring it to somewhere where you can come, where somebody can actually relate to you. If you right. have mental health David issues, David Three's a good one. Yeah, David Three's uh, a good one um, that has shared. But when we share, we gotta support those people that share because it takes yes. a lot, especially yes. when you're suffering from a mental health condition. I don't. I need to say something to y'all. Do y'all know that some days it's very hard for me to get out of my bed? When I post those things about me, about me noticing, it's because I know my triggers. I know what's going on with me. I know what I need to do. But it's not easy. But it doesn't mean that it can't be done. And I give God the glory every single day. I give God the glory that I know my body. I give God the glory that he's kill me but I know that that is something that is a lifelong I can't ever stop working on it it is a lifelong process it's my process it's just like people that get cancer do they pick to have cancer no do they pick to have to go chemo no but it's our process and and it's given to us for a reason and I know I know that I'm woke I'm real woke I'm woke because I'm supposed to share with somebody else that you can make it too, but you got to reach out. You got to help yourself. I agree. Everybody, you got to help yourself too. It, it, and so I'm just glad that y'all talked about the free counseling because honestly, I didn't know those services existed because I, I do know somebody who probably need counseling or whatever. And I did uh, reach out to a counselor and ask them like, how much was their private pay? You know, for the person to pay cash, but I didn't know that you know that free services were offered. Like 10, ten sessions, something like that. But it's That's better than nothing. Better than nothing. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Like they come out with like um like so if you don't feel comfortable like actually like going to a facility, they have like internet now. They have the newer mm -hmm. internet um, services that they've been posting. So I'll send those to you too, Dante, and we can post them online as well. Um, do that. But it's important. I, I just, like I said, I always share my story because, again, I'm not perfect and I've always struggled. I'm like you, B. There are days I struggle, honey. I struggle. I look up and I'm like, I know I'm depressed. I know something's wrong. I need to get up. I need to go run. I need to go work out. I need to work through what's going on. And I know it's a continuous battle. But anybody that ever listens to us, if you ever have a question, you ever just need somebody to get an outlet to, you want to ask me my journey, I don't have a problem sharing my journey. Um, it's been, like I said, it's been hard. And sometimes I'm on highs, I'm good, things are great. And sometimes I'm on, I'm, I drop down and I have absolutely no idea what it was, what triggered it, why I've gone into that funk, why I'm just there, but you know, I'm there. So then, you know, the ability to climb back out of it is what have helped. But like I'm with you, B, I thank God that I know how to come out of it. I thank God that I've gone through the processes and learned the, the triggers and the ways to be like, okay, something's wrong. You know, you need to figure this out. You need to get up and go work out. You need to go. And I, and I thank God for my support system who's yeah, around you know. me to be able to also say, Capri, I think it's something wrong. I think you need to go to the gym or I think you need to go work out or because sometimes I don't always see it either. So, right. I got homegirls that ask for proof of life, okay? Um, so I have one that always wants pictures. So once I'm out, if I'm not answering the phone, because sometimes depressed people don't answer the phone. So could you imagine when they don't answer your phone call or respond back? So I have one whenever I, you know, reach out and say, hey, I'm struggling. I have to send her a picture of where I'm at. <laughs> or she don't call my phone. 
that's good. That's like that's an accountability part. That's accountability. And I'm cared about. And that's one thing about depression that almost killed me. Because depression told me I wasn't cared about. So it's not attention seeking. I think for someone to speak out is the most brave thing that you could ever do. You're doing something that people wish they could do. And it's such a freedom for you listening out there. There is such a freedom and living your truth. There is such a freedom in saying, hey, I need help. And when you say I need help, guess what? There's some people that's going to come help you. And, 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 and my life is forever, forever changed because of my vulnerability. So I encourage you guys to speak out. To my black men, please um, reach out. We all these beautiful chocolate ladies on this mocha tea calf. Uh, we are, we, we are, we are here to support you. And I think we need to let black men know that we will support them and we'll be behind them. And like I said, I won't, I won't laugh at no more Cat Williams memes, even though sometimes they be funny. I try not to laugh at some of that stuff because I do recognize that it is mental health and even with tamar we have so many people in the news right now people that are icons that are employing millions of people and they have a lot on their backs and and the best thing that we could be is support as far as mental health right and i know we keep talking about black men but our black women need it too you know we need to be there we 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 own we on basic level. We on basic level stuff that we need to get right. So I, I'm just gonna say it. I can't stand when I walk into a store and I speak to a black woman and she look at me like I got dirt on me. We need to cut that out. I know. I woman <laughs> gonna follow me because I say this stuff, but I got to keep it real. We got to start treating each other the way that we want to be treated. We got a black woman. We got to get back to the golden rule. Stop with that petty competitive stuff because all of us have a lot on us mentally. Just think about everything we talked about today. We okay, take our hair, our voice, our name in the workplace. Come on. If you can't think about all those things and want to be a support for another black woman, then there's something wrong with you. Right, but B, that goes back for years. So I've I've made a conscious effort. I've told myself because honestly, I've been that black woman to where if you don't speak to me, I'm not gonna speak to you. I've been that black woman. But I, I was at the lake the other day and I was walking and I told myself I'm gonna smile at every black woman that walked past me. And it was crazy because it was like so many that didn't even look my way. It was some that I smiled at them. They looked at me like bitch, like what you smiling, like what you looking at me like that for? And then it was some that actually smiled back and actually spoke. But I told myself I'm I'm going to as a black woman i'm going to make a more conscious effort to start speaking to my black sisters we are not in competition with each other like you know we don't have to be this way towards each other like we are carrying something the ones that won't look your way oh they're carrying something and i'm not taking it personal i'm not saying take it personal but it, it it does bother me because when you're your own problem then what do you do I think sometimes also we are very hard on each other. And sometimes we gotta be a little softer. We gotta be a little softer on each other. I I try to comfort and I try to like even the girl that's at the grocery store that got the attitude that's ringing me up. I always try to say, Hey sis, how's your day? Because nobody probably asked her how her day was ever. And I also don't understand, I don't know the battle that got you here. And I know I've worked before in my younger days where it was a battle to get to work. 
And so because I'm here, I made it. I might not like this job. This job may be all I can do at this point right now. And I got all umpteen other issues going on. And so I do try really hard to be like, sis, how's your day going? And I try to give some kind of positivity. Your hair is pretty. You look really nice. You should, you know, I don't tell people they should smile because I just, I hate when people tell you you should smile. But, you yeah. know, yeah, tell you people look, what to do good good today. Time. You know, and it, and it typically softens the mood. And it typically softens the interaction because she doesn't feel as threatened. And I think a lot of times we're really hard on each other in this space. We don't realize what it takes to get into some spaces. And like I said, I've been there. I know Ooh. I have a really bad attitude, honey. I didn't always smile. I didn't always, I would bring that stuff and just be going because that's where my mind was and it was a battle to get here. Um, and But I do remember the times when people would stop and say, hey, how's your day? And how much it lightened my mood and made me feel a little bit better. Right. So maybe sometimes we can treat each other a little bit better in that space.
And um, I lost my grandmother in March, and I think it bothers my mom that she wasn't mm-hmm. able to, to go and visit and see my grandmother and make sure my grandmother was okay because we were in the middle of a quarantine. They closed down the nursing home. Then they give you a call and say, hey, by the way, your mother passed away. Um, and so I do think that's a different layer of trauma and things that we all are having to deal with. So let's try to just be nice to each other, y'all. Like, let's try to love on each other in this space. Let's try to be more understanding of people in this space. But like I said, be thank you for touching on that because I think that that's really hard too because there was a point where you couldn't do a funeral um, and you couldn't do the, you know, proper burial thing that we would, you know, maybe something that you thought that your loved one wanted, you know, you have to kind of be a little more, um, I guess you have to be more creative about what that looked like. Um, so thank you for addressing it. Thank you for adding that part. No problem. Yeah. My grandfather was a COVID death. So with COVID deaths, there has to be like a grave side. So it, it definitely, um, changes, um, the dynamics of saying goodbye and being able to process, um, everything. So it's different. But we're going to make it. And I still say, I still say this too shall pass. You know, I've survived 100% of my worst days. And that's what I would say to anybody listening. Um, I I love what we talked about tonight about being kinder to people and not being so hard on people. And The Four Agreements is a book that I read often, but I'm going to go back up and pick it up again. Because I think during this time, everybody's probably a little bit on edge. And so we don't want to take things personal and we want to factor in the stress that we're all experiencing um, due to our climate right now. So B, how can people get in contact with you? So you can get in contact with me um, pretty much if you go to my website, uh, www.bsmith.live. It'll connect you to all my social media channels. Um, I'm on Facebook as Dr. Benidria Smith. I have a page on uh, Facebook. You can follow that page. I give a lot of mental health uh, tips, share my journey, uh, segments. When I do segments, I like to share things there, uh, different, you know, means that kind of help people along uh, how to deal with mental illness. Maybe uh, I think the most recent one I put out was how to support someone with mental illness. So if you go to Dr. Benidria Smith on Facebook, um, you can check out their Instagram, Be Inspired Talk, Twitter, Be Inspired Talk. Um, like I said, if you go to my website, it'll connect you to all my social media outlets and uh, you can follow me there. And like and like Capri and the lady said, you can reach out to me as well. I'm always um, ready to give resources, uh, whether it be for American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, National Association for Mental Illness, um, I'm Alive, uh, just so many resources. If you go to those pages, they're all there, community health centers of whatever state you live in. Um, there is help. Help is available. You are not alone. All righty, ladies, are we done? Wrapping yes. up? Yes, thank you so much, B, for coming thank on. Thank you, Thank you for coming in and talking to us. No problem. No problem. I haven't talked talking, talking. But yeah, <laughs> have to read the four agreements again. That's that's a good book to help put your mind in perspective. Are we still recording? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know we can reach us on com. We'll be on there tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. 
So the episode that released out on today will be there on um, Seattle Hip Hop Radio or Orlando Hip Hop Radio um, dot com. So go support that platform. Again, it's like a Black Pandora. Even if you don't listen to us, you can go listen to other podcasts, other talk shows, music. Um, they are 24 hours a day, seven days a week kind of um, platform. So um, different genres of music. I'm a, I love different genres of music and just learning new artists and things like that and finding new talent. So I think that's a really good platform for that. Um, so go and include yourself and be a part of that. Um, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are Mocha Tea Podcast on all three of those platforms. Um, you guys can catch us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, and um, Apple Podcasts. We post a new episode every Sunday, so go um, upload those um, different apps, and then you can listen to us that way. Um, and then if you have any regular inquiries for us, just want to send us an email, you have any regular conversations you want to have, you can do that. It's mochat2018 at gmail.com, and we out. Peace.